0: Questions, conversations, thought leadership, analysis, new perspectives, research, policy, technology. Welcome to the A Fire Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Gunnar Branson with A Fire. Thank you for listening in. Uh, we're talking today with John DeAngelo, who's the managing director at Deloitte, focused on the U.S. real estate sector uh, and working through operational transformation with real estate operating companies, investment managers, and service providers. He's uh, insightful thoughtful, um, and very good at getting us to think through our own processes and make them better. So I'm very excited to have him here on our first podcast. Thank you for joining us, John. Thanks, Gunner. How are you? I'm doing all right, which I guess is about as good as any of us can expect in this time of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And as all of us are trying to manage our businesses and manage our lives in this unprecedented kind of global interruption, I keep coming back to the lessons you've taught in terms of how data should be understood uh, within our organizations as uh, an asset, uh, not any different from any other asset that has value um, and that contributes to the returns and the value of your organization. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts in terms of why is data important now and why is it important for us as real estate investment organizations to get our hands on it in a better way than we have in the past.
1: Sure, Gunnar. Yeah, thanks. I, th- I think the the best uh, reference point is, uh, you know, a dozen years ago, uh, give or take, uh, on Lehman Weekend, uh, when so many, uh, so many real estate investment managers were, um, you know, having to wrangle data that was stuck in spreadsheets or, uh, you know, in various parts all over the enterprise to understand their exposure to Lehman and companies like Lehman and all of their different counterparties. Um, you know, and the exercise was <laughs> everybody stop whatever you're doing over the weekend, come into the office, bring whatever data you can find uh, to the conference room, and we're going to stay at it till we figure it out. Um, and, you know, I, I think there are firms that are much better than that today, but as an industry... Um, you know in, in pieces and pockets we're not a lot better than that I think a lot of of, uh, of of member firms right now are having to go through not not you know it's not exactly the same but in some way shape or form a similar exercise in you know just understanding who's who's paying uh, and understanding uh, exposures to industries um, you know in, in overlaying tenants and industries with, Covid uh, hotspots on the map, Um, and it's just a. I think what what we're seeing is, um, uh, you know, uh, an industry that has come some ways uh, in the last dozen years, but hasn't gotten as far as we need to get. Um, And I think we'll look back on this as a a pivotal moment or as the beginning of a new epoch uh, for for data and and the use of data.
0: So what exactly is the information that we're not able to understand or get our hands on today? What what from a process standpoint is happening uh, that could be improved on?
1: Well, you know, the I guess the, the big issue is is having a single trusted source of all the facts that that uh, that a manager could have about, you know, from the asset level on up. So understanding uh, individual assets and understanding. Who's, who's in those assets, understanding facts and figures about uh, the industry that, the, that those tenants are in, you know, then all the way up the stack, uh, you know, understanding who your investors are and what they're looking at and what they're um, interested in, what funds do they roll up into, where's the, you know, where's the overlap, all that information is um, in various places you know in a in in the best case it's it's in one it's it, every one of those categories is at least in a single place that, that is trusted but um, but that's not often the case you know often uh, there are multiple not only multiple different repositories for these but you know, if in a given single kind of information, there's multiple different places for it. Um, so the the, the 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 what we need to get to is just a is is a good, solid basis of facts um, that can be accessed readily and is trusted once you do it. And, and as an industry, we still have a ways to go to get that. The reason I think it's really valuable to think about it now is there are, you know, whether it's happening today, April 2nd, 2020, or in the weeks to come, um, you know, I think a lot of, of AFIRE members are either asking or being asked uh, a, a number of extraordinary questions, you know, just about concentrations and exposures, um, you know, about what's, what's actually happening in, in fact. Um, that's taking work to get answers to those questions, you know, wh- whether you're responding to the question or, you know, you're finding yourself in the place to ask the question and, and, and have to get information. Um, so the the and I realize uh, how hard this is going to be. <laughs> but the, the thing that I recommend people do is is take note of of what work has to happen. Take note of what you're finding in the data. Understand you know, what it takes to pull things together, understand what it takes to get it up, understand where it's coming from, um, you know, looking for uh, common uh, issues, and just just taking the the, the couple minutes extra to write that stuff down to capture it to not lose it or to do a debrief, you know, on some sort of regular basis, so that the the work that it takes to um, A, the, 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 the kinds of questions that are coming up, the work that it takes to answer them, um, and the uh, sort of issues that, that come up over and over again, don't get lost. Um, so, uh, you know, and listen, this is coming from somebody who is, uh, you know, you and I talked about this kind of you know, highly scheduled right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much free time on my calendar. Um, I, I get that the people that are going through this exercise right now or, or will be going through it in the coming weeks don't have much time either. But the um, uh, the, the capturing what the work is, capturing uh, what people are finding, capturing what they're learning, um, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time right now and is going to pay off, I think, in a big way as we start to see you know, data initiatives come out of, of this period uh, in the coming you know months and years.
0: If we do things right, if we really get our hands around data, data analytics and process around data, what is that going to look like?
1: Well, I think I think we're going to see some interesting things in sort of the Moneyball analogy about looking at markets that that may have been off the radar because they didn't conform to Um, You know, what I believed a a market needed to look like in order to invest in it, Um, (laughs) because the data is telling me some interesting things about, um, you know, what a what a particular university is doing or what sort of jobs are being created, um, you know, uh, about demographics that 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 I just may not have been thinking about because I, I, you know, had a, a notion about the markets that I should be investing in um and you know as as the the data starts pointing to social media sentiment and um you know things that we that we haven't been looking at in the past light up markets that that i just i wasn't thinking about so it's the you know god if i had only known right that that this market um was going to go from a, a, a a traditionally sleepy little uh market that behaved the same for the last 20 years to a boom market and I would have gotten there before the next guy. Well, you know, what if you could, what if you could put data uh, and analytics to work to light up markets that that, that were not on your radar, um, that at least make you ask the question about what's happening here, um, and does it conform to, you know, my investment thesis, or does it conform to? Um, you know where um, uh, you know we think we ought to be doing uh, you know more surveillance. Um, I think that's I think that's a big thing. I think the other thing is, you know, what, what if you could use uh, existing portfolio information to tell you where you should be spending your time? Um, you know, so I know you know this about me, Gunner, but I'm you know I love I love cars and mechanical things. You know, once upon a time, cars had a ton of gauges. Um, and, you know, as a driver and if you were a, uh, you know, very much a, a diligent driver, you'd be looking at the gauges all the time. Well, that's kind of been replaced by lights. Um, and and frankly, if the lights aren't aren't going off, I can I can rightly assume that everything's fine. Um, so, you know, what if you could do that in data sets about assets, you know, could you have, you know, a lot more small cap assets um, and. You know, asset manage them differently than than you do large cap assets. Um, you know, by having them tell you if they're in trouble um, or if uh, you know there's something to worry about or if there's something to pay attention to. Whether or not, you know, hard hard to imagine going from where we are today to having analytics prescribe action. But it's pretty easy to imagine going from you know kind of where you've got to be looking at everything to you know, sort of trusting that uh, everything's fine unless you know, some of the measures that I've been looking for pop up and tell me something's fishy.
0: It seems to me that the next generation of, of new data that we'll be looking at is hopefully getting us closer to understanding the behavior of the people that are leasing from us, but also the people that are interacting with our tenants, and uh, the people on the street, the people coming into the building, Uh, Not to know what they're doing individually. I think that's not really important to us, Uh, but to understand, you know, what is driving density, what is driving the value of a given square foot. Um, But in order to access that, it seems to me that we kind of need to know what we have already in order to kind of look to the future.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's fair. and I'll I'll give you a a, a recent anecdote. I have the privilege of working with a a great client, um, talk to a a very wide variety of their people. Um, And, you know, we were asking a couple of things, you know, what data do you need? How do you use it? Uh, You know, what would be great to have uh, at your fingertips? And then we'd ask them another question about, you know, if you could dream about you know, what data you would love to have, but it's hard to get now and what you would do with it. They had a really hard time answering the if you could dream question. And, and the reason isn't because they lack imagination, it's because they it takes so much work to get the facts, just to get a, a basic um, you know, platform of, of factual information about the current portfolio that that they they couldn't it, it, they struggled to get past that, to dream about, you know, what, what what if you had that and you could do something with it and you could add other data to it. Um so I, I, just to your point, I think you have to get to,, um, you know, what are the facts and and then you can build from there. Um, and I think the building from there gets you, you gets really interesting. you could I think you get to start asking, uh, interesting questions that, that doesn't replace judgment and instincts. Um, but boy, if you could, if you could get, uh, you know, advanced analytics to sit alongside and help inform decisions or help inform the kinds of things you should be thinking about, or the next question you should be asking, um, then we're really, I think, leveraging, uh, you know, people and their understanding of the industry, um, to, to do things that help drive returns. And that's really exciting.
0: But I wonder when, when you think about, uh, you know, this, if, if only we could get the facts and if, if, if only we could get um, all the information we need to be able to make these decisions. How do you think about or how do you help uh, clients uh, kind of get past the, well, at the end of the day, all I need to do is bring in some bright young guys and gals to, to run the numbers for me to do go through and find stuff for me. Sure, it takes them a little extra time, uh, but I just need to put some bodies on it. And the bodies, you know, that, that's how I learned how to do this business is I was one of those bodies 30 years ago. So why shouldn't I just continue to do that to get a bunch of people in to fix it? Why do I need to go through the trouble of, of creating something new um, and possibly spending significant dollars uh, you know, in development before I see any yield from it? Um, you know, it's tough for a business that sees itself as kind of quasi uh entrepreneurial to think that way. How do we go there?
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. I think there's this big false economy uh in 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 that because we see it all the time. Um that that there can be hundreds of people that spend a significant amount of their time, and significant, I'm talking about, you know, if you're if they're really honest and they really keep track of how much time they spend you know, hunting, searching, compiling, wrangling data before they spend a minute thinking about what it means. It's like 30 to 40% of their time. In some cases, you know, in some jobs, it's like 70% of their time. So you, you, you're you spending all of this time anyway. It's just not um, being very well focused. Um, and it is in some of your most valuable resources. So that whole mindset change of, you know, we're going to be um, we're, we're going to treat uh, this asset like we would treat a, a building. You know, it's going to be managed. It's going to be governed. We're, we're going to, you know, look for signs of trouble and we're going to do something about it like any good manager would. If they if, if, if they start to think about treating their data that way, there there's all these these just basic efficiency dividends to doing it. That um, pay for an awful lot of, of you know kind of one time project work to to get there because the that benefit pays off you know year after year after year and and the effectiveness benefit you know the the being able to ask more or better questions that that help you take actions that drive returns effectively you get for free you don't have to prove that there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow just by eliminating all of the all of the wrangling. That that happens, you know, throughout the enterprise, <laughs> and I think that's a. It, it just it ends up being when when that light bulb goes off, um, it it helps get management teams there.
0: Well, it, it seems like there are other industries that are already there. Uh, certainly, you know, the closer you get to the tech industry, the more people say the data asset has a value. It's worth. it. Yeah. It's 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 like money. Um, and you know, how do we take care of that? How do we mitigate whatever risks there might be included with that? And how do we grow it, develop it, make it more effective and makes it less, it sounds like to a certain extent, at least my experience has been, this is a cost, you know, data for us has been a cost. We haven't seen it as an asset yet. Um, are you seeing companies starting to shift that thinking and and how do they get there?
1: Yeah, know in a big way. And, and, and I think what, what I'm seeing is, um, you know, it, it's all, I hate to put it as a generational thing, but it's almost a generational thing. People see, you know, what data is available in other parts of their life and, and how they the interactivity with it is, is relatively seamless. And then they, they go to work and realize that it's not there <laughs> um, that, that, you know, we're, we're bringing digital natives into, into our industry. And and making them rekey data into spreadsheets, all that stuff is is I think creating uh, this imperative for or this awareness that that there is change um, that needs to happen, or that we're an outlier. Um, that and, and the way to to not be an outlier is to really change the way we think about uh, and and use data. And and really, kind of hitting on one thing, I think if if I had you didn't ask this question, but if I had to pick one um, uh, uh, I guess, indicator of success or, or key to success. It is that the most senior executives in a company understand and are willing to, um, you know, broadcast across the entire company that, um, that, that that they need to change differently. They need to change, they need to think about data differently, they need to use it differently and and it's going it's going to be, you know, a, a key part of of the um, of the management discussion. What is it? Never waste a crisis. Um, <laughs> I think. You know, listen. This is a. It's a human tragedy. I, you know, I understand. Uh, it's hard to. It's almost hard to watch the news. You know, here we are on on, on April second, two thousand twenty. You know, we're not at the peak, um, but uh, you know, we'll get through this. It's it's a. It, it is something that that um, you know is. Point in time, I don't hear anybody. I've heard this on an earlier uh, uh, broadcast this morning. I don't hear anybody speculating that we're not going to get through this. It's just um, you know what what what's come of it. And I think one of the one of the positives is going to be um, our industry will change um, uh, in in uh, what data we look at, how we look at it, uh, and how we think about data.
0: Very well put. I think you know it's. The, the silver lining and perhaps the work, to, to, to an earlier point you were talking about, that you are advising in terms of taking note of things that you think can improve going forward, there also seems to be an opportunity for us to try new things now, because we're solving unprecedented challenges um, in, our, in our personal lives, in our community lives, and in our business, that if we're approaching some of these problems with a new mindset, uh, trying new things at the same time that we're, of course, taking lessons from the past, we might actually be able to take some of these things that we're learning how to do today, like how to do a podcast, even though you and I are completely different parts of the country, um, or how to continue to manage your portfolio in a time when you can't actually see anyone in person. That I think we're all learning something as we do this. And, and my hope is anyway, that that all of this effort and all this work that we're doing right now won't just get us through today tomorrow and the next few weeks but will actually inform um our our new world um, as we get past the pandemic
1: no i think that's exactly right i think there's uh the the term new normal um i've I've heard used a lot in the last week um and i think it's a great term because i think what we're um you know what we're going to return to is not uh, the old normal. It's a, it's a new normal. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, I think we can speculate on what that's going to be. Um, but I, I, I believe that, that it will be, that there will be a new normal, not the old normal.
0: And that's probably an excellent place for us to end this podcast and this discussion. Thank you, John, for taking the time, uh, to, uh, sit down with me virtually and to talk about not just what's going on today, but how we can think about our future and, and, and maybe meeting it in a different way. So thank you, John. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, Gunnar. Great to talk to you as always.
0: Before we close out completely, I want to make sure that we thank uh, AFIRE's underwriters who help support our programming throughout the year, whether virtual or in person. Um, and it's thanks to the generosity of groups like Prologis, JLL, and Holland Partners that we're able to provide you with this podcast. Thank you all. This podcast is produced by AFIRE, the Association for International Real Estate Investors focused on commercial property in the United States. AFIRE is not engaged in providing tax, accounting, or legal advice through this podcast. None of the content is to be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any asset. Some information included in this podcast may have been obtained from third-party sources considered to be reliable, though AFIRE is not responsible for guaranteeing the accuracy of third-party information. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of its respective contributors and sources and do not necessarily reflect those of AFIRE. This is Gunnar Branson from the AFIRE podcast. Thank you for listening.